everybody, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast, where we talk about Blizzard Entertainment and its many games. I'm your host, Matt, and with me this week is my fantastic co-host, Anne. Um, so, Anne, what have you been up to lately? <laughs> I mean, I mean, this week has been kind of crazy already, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been an interesting week. Yeah. Uh, a lot of my week has been... Okay, a lot of my week, don't get me wrong, has been out of game, running around, that kind of thing, like errands and thing, taking care of stuff outside of video gaming. Um, a lot of my week has been playing as a jerk goose and doing jerk goose things because that was a blast and a half. And um, if you haven't played Untitled Goose Game, I know for Switch anyway, it was like 15 bucks. I don't know how much it is for PC, but if it's anywhere in that price range, it is totally worth picking up because I had so much fun with that. There's there's just something really cathartic about being a goose that's just being a total jerk to people for no reason. Um, also, if you do have the game and you're playing the game, I highly recommend picking up the radio until you get the funk station and then just doing the strut around town for no reason. Um... Beyond that, let's see. Uh, well, there was this patch thing that hit. <laughs> and I've spent a lot of time going over that stuff um, and prepping for, I don't know, weekly lore watch, which starts this Sunday. So, Oh, right. Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to start paying attention to things. Yeah, we have, uh, we have quite a lot going on news-wise. Maybe we should, like talk about that because it's been it's been a week i don't know about you what have you All been right. up to well you just saw it um <laughs> <laughs> murdering ordos uh, repeatedly for his yeah. shoulders which will not drop thank you steve denuser yeah, no, who has nothing to do uh, with any of this we just like blaming him anyway well he you know he keeps bringing it up <laughs> uh but anyway so yeah, 8.2.5 dropped this week. And, I mean, a lot of this is stuff we're going to talk about on Lore Watch. So uh, I don't feel like we need to belabor the lore aspect of it too much. But For it, those wondering, actually... and, and I'm going to interrupt here, just to, when I say weekly Lore Watch, I mean we are recording Lore Watch this Sunday, as usual. It will be going on Patreon this Sunday, as usual. It will be hitting the site on Wednesday. You will not be waiting a full, like, week to hear what it is and then the following Sunday we will be recording another show it will be going on Patreon and the following Wednesday it will be going on the set you guys are getting your weekly show and thank you very much to those who pledged to make that happen and if you haven't pledged your support and you still want to do so you could go to patreon.com slash blizzard watch and you know throw in a donation help support that kind of thing Uh, the other thing we have going on this weekend is the D&D campaign yeah yeah, that's this. We're doing that this weekend for sure. That one, we don't have pledges up to the point where we're going weekly with that. But and I don't think we'd be going weekly with it anyway. It would just be regular. Yeah. Um. But right, more than right once now, a month, we, maybe. Yeah. Maybe or even just guaranteed in a month. We we haven't decided yet. But that that pledge hasn't gotten there yet. But we are still doing one this weekend. It's to, as we record this. It's tomorrow. If you guys so would not, like to see us murder a kangu in our own party, maybe go patreon.com slash blizzard watch it's <laughs> gonna be the one where one guy gets a tpk against his own party i'm telling you i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen but i'm really excited uh that starts tomorrow and we will be streaming that at 1 30 central yeah is it 1 30 uh, central no, or 2 30 central 1 30 mountain 1 30 mountain 2 30 central is when we're starting so basically the same time that we start streaming the podcast really um, pretty, much, pretty much yeah pretty yeah much. 
So uh, if you're interested in that, hey, tune in tomorrow because we're going to pick up where we left off. And Joe will be here this time, so that'll be fun. Yep. So, mm-hmm. but to get back to, to 8.2.5, uh, there was there was a lot of stuff going on with it. Um, for one thing, I mean, people can finally, the Alliance players can finally get the B-mount that we've been teased with all expansion long. That's it, finally in the game. You can finally get it. Uh, there's... I mean, the problem I'm having here is I'm trying really hard not to give you any spoilers or talk too much about what just happened, and it's making it extremely hard for me to think. It's like my brain is like, "What are you serious?" Like, no, man, I, we we got a whole other show we about can, this. We we could talk a little bit about it. We we can talk a little bit about it because what we saw here is an end to the war campaign. Did we see yeah. an end to the expansion? No. Did oh, we no. see an end to the war campaign? Yes. That's the important part. Um, I think, well, one thing I do think I want to talk about, and that I think is pretty important, is that mm-hmm. Sylvanas is not dead. No. And her plans continue apace. Mm-hmm. That's important uh, because the, one of the things they had said was that Sylvanas is not going to die this expansion. She's not the end boss. She's not going to be, you know, she's not going to die. She's not going to be killed in a raid fight. That definitely seems to be the case. We're, we're right. getting kind of a. Things are, and also, I think it's safe to say at this point that we we're pretty sure of what eight point three is going to be. Um, I'm not saying we're absolutely sure about what it's going to be, but it seems to be sure. pointing towards a general direction, and that general direction seems to be very much tied to obviously, you know, Nizoth, the old gods, that kind of thing, where we where we thought it was going to go, kinda. Yeah, we had a fifty fifty shot up yeah. to this point. I'd yeah. say we're now pretty solidly heading into like ninety ten. Yeah. When one side is definitely you you definitely get the sense we're going that way. We aren't we and aren't you, going to be you... dealing with Bolvar anytime soon for people who are wondering about that. It doesn't that doesn't seem to be in the cards just yet, so No. But it definitely does seem like if if you went through patch eight point two mm-hmm. and you you did Naz Nazjatar and you you paid attention to what was going on there, that those threads are the ones that are getting picked up. Yeah. So, but again, as as much as that seems to be the case, I'm not going to absolutely say that that's for sure until I see it because they have done they've tricked me before. Uh, so I'm being careful. Um, but yeah, yeah overall, and I I think the thing that I need to like stress here is that when you are looking at future material, what you have to realize is that the team of writers that are working on this kind of thing that are you know working on story direction and where everything goes this is not the same team of writers that was working on all of this stuff several years ago so i don't expect to see the same kind of cyclical is that the is that a word yeah that is a word cyclical writing in terms of themes and how those themes play out um because writers writers go in patterns when they write they have they have like certain patterns and tropes and and story setups that they enjoy using and they usually use those in slightly different variations all the time um and i think that the early warcraft world of warcraft team that was writing the story and doing the story direction they they had a direction that they were going and it was a direction they were familiar with and it was a direction that worked for them this is an entirely new team and we don't know what their patterns are yet or even if they have patterns at all. That's why it's so difficult right now to predict where things are going to go. I don't know about for Rossi, but for me, because I look for I, I look for an established pattern and then I go by that and I don't have one of those yet. Give me another expansion or so and then I'll be pulling out the predictions again. <laughs> anyway. I think, I mean, you know, 
I'm not so. I'm, it's not necessarily for me that I look for patterns so much as I just look for. I, I, my my wife often says that I'm terrible to watch certain television shows with. Yeah. Because the second I like, I'll, I'll be like, oh, so that's gonna happen, and then ten minutes later it happens, and she's like, how the heck did you know that? I'm like, well, it just made sense for the plot. Like if if you, it, it's the whole idea of you just you just seep in stories long enough, you you notice certain things because that's how stories are told. Um, I think and the worst is when you say it aloud to people because then they like glare at you unless unless you unless you label it with proper possible spoiler warnings in which case they're okay but yeah if you just like blurt it out to somebody they get mm, I think the the worst example was when I was watching The Last Jedi and yes a certain moment when I realized realized what was happening yeah I, I was like oh 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 we're going there okay all right um, but yeah, so yeah, and then the person that you're watching, yeah, I have this happen yeah. with like when I watch TV shows and stuff with people all the freaking time. So yeah, uh, with, with with Warcraft, I mean, I, this expansion has been really good in some ways at at surprising me, and in other ways, you know, I I wasn't surprised. I mean, there's certain stuff that I expected to happen that that happened, and that's just the nature of storytelling to a degree. Um, when, when they spend enough time pointing out Chekhov's gun, you know, sooner or later, someone is going to fire that thing. If, if they don't, you're like, why did you even mention it? And there's a sort of, that's really been, they've been good at doing that just the right way where they use stuff that they've, they've hinted at before. Uh, I think one thing I said when I was talking about the first cinematic, the in-game rendered one was that they, they unflinchingly had a major character own up to stuff that's happened in the game in the story of the game over the past since Warcraft one. Okay. And this is, this is stuff that I've been waiting for, for like forever. Yeah. To see. And I actually feel like, you know, in the exchange between the two characters, I'll just say between Sarfang and Anduin, Anduin comes off kind of less compelling. Like his, his examples aren't very good and they don't really have the punch that they should. But Sarfang is just masterful. It's just extremely well done. It's a it's laying bare the issues that have never been laid bare. Um, and I thought it was quite possibly that cinematic to me is the high point of this entire patch. It was it was just brilliantly maybe even done. the expansion, honestly. Maybe. Well we'll find out. We'll find because, out. Because oh yeah, well I mean we've still got we've still got places to go and things to do here, but for me it was <laughs> This is all stuff that we've talked about before on Lore Watch. Like these are all points that we've made on Lore Watch, and, and these are all discussions that we've had on Lore Watch about the history of the Horde and what the Horde really means, and the mistakes that have been made by the Horde and by Thrall and by all of this stuff is actually like this is the expansion where Horde characters are starting to own up to their actions. And I'm really appreciating it from a player's perspective because... <sighs> it was a, there's a, a point I don't remember who You can't I dodge to. responsibility forever. Yeah, there, there was a point I made when I was talking to someone. I don't remember who I was talking to. And if you are the person I was talking to, please go ahead and chime up somewhere so we know. But I made the point... Um, to a certain degree, one of the reasons that I've always been so bothered by the this is Garage 2.0 comments is that there's a little validity to them, but it's more that the 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 end of Mists of Pandaria, the Siege of Orgrimmar patch, the, the story that happens after, there was a real opportunity there to do what's being done here, and it got missed. 
and it may have got missed for perfectly valid story reasons, but it got missed. And I feel like criticizing this expansion for existing and for having any similar themes is like being mad at World War II for being a ripoff of World War One. I. I mean, yes, <laughs> we, sh- we shouldn't have had World War Two. We shouldn't have had World War One, but we shouldn't have had World War Two. We should have been able to create a piece after World War One that allowed the world to just move on, but we didn't. For whatever I, reason, I am we on the failed. Same, yeah, I'm on the same page with you because when everything happened in Mists of Pandaria and we got to the end of that expansion and everything went down in the Siege of Orgrimmar, we had we had Garrosh Hellscream, who didn't really own up to his actions. He did more crimes to, to a degree and, and, you know, pointed out stuff to a degree. And then we had Thrall, who also didn't own up to his actions at all in, in the slightest. And... We had other characters who were, like, unwilling to look at themselves and claim responsibility for everything. And it made it kind of an, uh, an unsatisfying ending. It really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it ended... It felt more like it ended because everybody was just too tired to go on. Yeah. They and were they were she... trying to do the whole, the whole um, thing that... Oh, my gosh. Pandaren, the one who was, like, just walk away. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I can't. Um, I can't. The one who's always really mad at us, wasn't he? Yes, he Taran was always... Taran Zoo. Thank you. I'm like, it begins with a T. <laughs> but yeah, Taran Zoo. Taran Zoo was like, the the way you break the cycle is you just turn and walk away. And it felt like everybody was just kind of turning and walking away, not because they really wanted to break the cycle, but because they were super tired. They were super a... tired of it all. And they're like, okay, well, we'll give this a shot or whatever. But nobody really owned their actions. I don't think I... anybody really owned their actions. No, there's somebody on Twitter, and I don't remember who again. I'm sorry. I've, I'm having a hard time with that to this week because it's been a quite a week. But uh, I remember you saying this. And, and if I remember, I will mention your name. And if not, I will try to at some point tweet it. But you said something very telling, that that it felt like this time, even the people, the army that, that Sarfang raised, and that the Alliance brought didn't want to fight here. And neither did the defenders. The people inside Orgrimmar didn't want to have this fight either. And that felt really telling. Like it felt like this time everybody was like, are we really going to do this? And that was interesting. And, and I think for all that I do have, like you should watch this week's, listen to this week's lore watch guys. Cause I seriously, as soon as it's out, you're going to want to hear it. Because I do have thoughts and I do have points of contention that I there are up. there are a lot of things that still need yeah. to be said and we're going to rope Joe in on that conversation yeah. because I'm sure he has all kinds of things to say too. Uh, the fact that I've seen both sides of this of this campaign now, like from beginning to end, I have thoughts. So, and we're probably barely going to scratch the surface this week, but but yeah, it'll be a wild lot. ride. So if you're if you're if you are a patron, look for that on Patreon on Sunday. If you are not a patron, look for that on the on RSS feeds on Wednesday. And yeah, we should probably move on because there's so much more to talk about. I'm sorry. One more thing before I do go, I do think that it's we're at a place where the promise of what's been said can be delivered finally. And this did need to happen Yes, for us to get there. That being said, I do still have problems, but yeah, we're going to move on. Um, the, the, we should talk about the honey back harvester for the very simple reason that I still don't understand how to get this mount. Oh. I have been trying to figure it out and I'm sorry. I'm not good at this kind of thing. Okay. So, so. here's the deal. You need a bee battle pet. 
Um, if you went out of your way to get Bumbles, uh, Bumbles was like, it took a series of quests to get. I did get Bumbles because I wanted the achievement and also because Bumbles is really cute. You can take Bumbles to, um, what is it? Mildenhall. Yeah, Mildenhall. The Mildenhall Meadery is where you get Bumbles and it's also where you go to to get this mount. Um, if you don't have Bumbles, don't worry. You don't have to do the quest because the quest does take like, I think it's like seven days or something like that where you have to complete it. Uh, you can also pick up the Seabreeze Bumblebee over at Storm's Wake. It's it's over in Stormsong Valley. You talk to Sister Liliana. Uh, she has all the reputation stuff. You need to be revered with Storm's Wake and it costs 250 of the little token thingies to get. But if you have that pet, a bee pet, you just have to go to Milden Hall Meadery. You have to make sure that you have completed the quests for that area. Um, and then what will happen is that you'll take your pet to bury the beekeeper to the the flight master and when you do he's going to tell you like about a nearby hive that you can find you go and you find the hive and basically this is kind of it's a little bit of a rep grind but not really because you're not grinding reputation although you are gaining reputation you are actually raising your baby bee and you're getting it to the point where it's mature and you don't have to be exalted with the honeyback hive in order to accomplish this purpose uh because i am completely insane i will probably be seeing if i can find a way to get exalted with the honeyback hive anyway because i'm just that person right yeah you um, want that bar not to be full <laughs> i need that bar to be the right color that's it it just needs to be the right color um, so i am that person who's probably going to be grinding this out long after i have the mount or whatever but basically, once your nascent little harvester guy that you've got reaches mature, you'll get a quest line. When you're done with the quest line, you get the Honeyback Harvester's Harness. It's it's a pretty straightforward series of quests. It's not like a rep grind that's going to take forever and a half to do. You could go out there and grind stuff. Um, there are rares that you can kill that will give you more reputation, that kind of thing. So it's not really under any kind of like extreme lock like the uh oh gosh like the winter saber was or the raptor that's down in ungoro for horror ravisaur yeah the ravisaur it's oh not... man i did that ravisaur rep yeah oh. it's and not it took them years to put that that ravisaur in yeah years and it was, it was like, just as annoying like... to their credit it was just as annoying as the winter saber one so you know um progress yeah it, it's it's still it's not on that level of, of time gating or anything like that. It's just, it'll take a little time to do because you do have to like meet some requirements while you're doing your questing and things. And you do have to get your little, you, you need to get your, your little nascent harvester little dude up to mature. But once you've done that, you've got yourself a mount. Now, keep in mind that this is an alliance only quest line. Um, is the mount alliance only as well? Like you can only ride it when you're alliance, or can you get it alliance and then use it horde? It requires any alliance race. So it's so alliance only. It's alliance so only. However, on the horde side of things, there is the little dire horn that you have been raising as part of a quest chain, and you can raise that to maturity and get your own mount on that side. You can't do that on alliance side. I don't know. I don't know if that dire horn is horde only, but I'm going to assume that it is. And the honeyback harvester is alliance only because it's like you know, 
one gets a horde only mount one gets an alliance only mount it just so happens that the alliance only mount is a really cool bee that i wish you could get on horde side but okay i get it it's okay i'm just doubly sad now yeah regardless if you're an alliance player and you wanted a bee mount you can go do that now just take a bee pet just take a bee pet out to mildenhall Mildre- meadery talk to the guy that's the flight master like he's right there flight master and he will get you started on the whole thing all right uh tyler wrote a cool post for us this week speculating about whether or not we were going to get echo as a new overwatch hero uh if you don't remember who echo is she shows up at the very end of the uh the, the ash trail the, the video they made um i think last year at this point it was blizzcon yeah, it was... last year yeah yeah so when when they did the, the little trailer from when mccree runs into ash and and they have their little standoff echo is at the end of the video and we don't really know much more than that she's a some kind of omnic we think maybe i you know i mean i i don't think we know much of anything about what echo is other than that she's obviously not you know she's a machine and she's cool that's that's pretty much all we got so yeah it would be really nice to get more information about her maybe get her as an overwatch hero why why it was so important to mccree to set up that whole robbery just to get her out and turn her turn her back on here's the weird part here's the weird part about echo right okay when they introduced echo she came in at the end of that whole cinematic thing that was basically it was the introduction for ash um she has the vishkar logo Mm -hmm. and if you're familiar with the vishkar corporation that's the one that uh symmetra was working for the one that carried out all of that stuff that happened down in rio de janeiro that set off uh Lucio um I wanted to say Lucario and I'm like no that's Pokemon I'm in two different worlds here anyway (laughs) I apologize if you if you if you play Pokemon you totally understand what I just said if you didn't I am so so sorry anyway imagine Lucio in a little ball you're fine fine. okay so anyway uh Echo is technology that She's an Omnic. She's an Omnic that obviously has some sense of self-independence because she doesn't... She speaks like a person. She doesn't speak like something that has just been programmed or whatever. For she sounds some, a lot like Athena. Yeah, she does, but, but not quite. It's it's a different kind of thing. Um, even Athena sounds a little bit more robotic and based on protocol than Echo does. Echo sounds like something with a personality, kind of like uh, the Omnics that were with... Um, Zenyatta that were discussing the possibility of Omnix having souls and that kind of thing and it all led to everything that went on um, everything is all kind of interconnected here but what I find really interesting about Echo is number one she's got the the, the logo for the Vishkar Corporation so I don't know if she was Vis- Vishkar technology or if the Vishkar company found her and claimed her for something or other and whether or not this was pre or post her involvement in Overwatch because she was involved in Overwatch at some point had to have been um, I don't know how McCree got the operating chip that was required to like boot her up I don't know how McCree knew that she was coming through on that train job and that he could get access to her if he showed up at the right place at the right time and it just happened to be his old hangout there's a lot that we don't know about Echo um, she didn't seem to be aware of the fact that McCree lost his arm so no no she reacted to that yeah yeah she reacted to that she also she had kind of a reaction when he said when he called Winston a monkey 
And it wasn't really clear if that was because he was calling Winston a monkey or because she didn't know who Winston was. Because Winston did come in later too. Remember, Winston didn't come mm-hmm. into the picture or anything until like things were already kind of coming to a head and he was there when they beat up Doomfist and everything. But prior to that, he was up on a space station on the moon with the rest of the space monkeys, right? Uh, space apes, excuse me. I should be more accurate with my descriptions. But Don't be speciesist. Yeah. It, the thing about Echo is it's like, well, why was she created? Where was she crafted? Was she crafted in one of the Omniums? Was she part of the Omnic Crisis? Was she here when all of that was going down? Or was she developed post-Omnic Crisis as a... As a response to it or part of the fight against it. You know, there's lots of... Reaction, yeah, to everything that was going on with it and to help kind of deal with the fallout or whatever. Because she's a very different looking Omnic. She's got kind of a human face. That's the thing. Her she's technology got this very, looks completely different. Not just her face, but all of her. It's not, and not only does she have a human face, but that human face seems to be formed out of hard light technology, which is the same stuff that Vishkar has been using to build civilizations like cities and things like that. So it's, there's a lot of lore reasons why I really want to know more about Echo. And when they came out with that cinematic, everybody was kind of looking at Echo and going, when is she going to be a hero? Or is she going to be the next hero? Oh, I see what's going on here. To the point where Kaplan, on his next like little dev roundup thing that he put, he said, she's not, we, we have like a list of heroes that we're going with. And while we would maybe like, we're looking at maybe making her a hero at some point, she's not currently on that list. So that people would like expect her to just randomly show up or whatever, right? Um, so I'm kind of hoping that maybe they've reevaluated that. And I'm kind of hoping that what Tyler was talking about here as far as her being the next hero and the potential of her being a next hero, I'm kind of hoping that that comes to pass. Um, I want to know more about her. I want to know why she's an Omnic with a human face that appears to be formed out of hard light technology. I want to know what are her ties to the Vishkar Corporation and what are her ties to Overwatch. Because there's a weird connection here. And Symmetra, keep in mind that Symmetra was never a member of Overwatch. That wasn't that's not part of her origin story. So I don't, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff. There's, he also, Tyler also did a good piece a couple of weeks back about mm-hmm. Junker Queen. Yes. And that was a good one too. But uh, this week. She's we another about? character I would like to see more of because we haven't seen anything about her yet. You know, we have like nothing, some stories, but not a lot. And I'm like, that is, that yeah. is also a character I would very much like to see at some point, please. Blizzard, if you actually are working on some kind of weird single player Overwatch game, definitely do some stuff with the Junker Queen in it. Uh, let me look at what else we got here. Um, probably should talk about the Scarlet Heist skins, which, I mean, I'll freely admit, I was completely blindsided by and did not expect at all. Uh, so, yeah, those those are out. We had a little post about them. There's Wise Guy Junkrat is probably my favorite, but they're all really good. Um, the one that I think is maybe better than the Wise Guy Junkrat, but I just have a soft spot for it, is what they did with um, White with White Mane. Like I, I just like wow. Okay, that's showstopper crazy. white mane is exactly what it says that she is. She's a showstopper, yeah. and these skins are hands down. I think the most gorgeous skins I've seen them come out with for this game so far. The one they have for Sergeant Hammer, though, um, just they turn the tank into some kind of old timey car. It's great. It's completely ridiculous, but it's just great. I love it. 
It's it looks. And like I like that she's like got like a, she's she's got a bunch of different like color variations that you can pick from, right? Um, there's one of them where she's wearing like a yellow fedora with the black, and I and I keep going back to um, Dick Tracy every time I see it. <laughs> yeah, because they turned it into a cab. They, they turned the tank into a cab in that yeah. one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a straight it. up. It's a cab. Um, no, it's I, it's really well done. Orphea, Orphea's skin reminds me very much of, and probably just because I have been playing it recently, like in the past year or so here, Bioshock Infinite. It just had that, like her hairstyle and the bow and everything else, for whatever reason, for me, it was really indicative of everything that was going on when I was playing Bioshock Infinite. Um, Junkrat, love his costume, love the fact that they changed his, his tire into a roulette wheel. I, I think that that was absolutely hysterical, and yeah, I there is no, there's no real story to all of this, you guys. There's no real story to all of it. There's like there's like a little bit of a story that they kind of slap together, but mostly it's just a bunch of really cool skins. And this is what I love to see out of Heroes of the Storm is just a bunch of really cool skins slapped together. Like, yeah, it's anyway. a, it's less a story and more a theme. Yeah, and I like these theme things. Fine. Like when they did when they did the. Mecha, the Neo Stormwind mecha stuff, and the, yeah. all he really had to do is just suggest that it's it's basically it's basically anime, and that's it. And that's all you need. It's all it has to be. So I, I I'm I was surprised. I thought, wow, I can't believe this is actually happening, and it looks all looks pretty cool. So I thought, there you go. Yeah, um, we had no hint that this was coming. It was just they like threw out a couple of teasers, and then a few days later, boop, here they all are. It was like it was really cool. I don't know. I think they're beautiful. I think the skins are beautiful. I think the mounts that they came out with, the mounts are pretty cool, that kind of thing. But the skins are just, they're top notch. Whoever was Sergeant working Hammer on... Sergeant Hammer one, yeah. Yeah, whoever was working on those, man, kudos to you guys on whichever team that is because these are, like I said, I, I think these are some of the most beautiful skins I've seen come out of Heroes of the Storm to date. I was just yeah. shocked. <laughs> yeah, I... I... And I, I have to echo what Ann said about Showstopper Mograin. I'm like, you know, when I saw that, I'm like, wow, okay. This is like, it's like the Roaring Twenties distilled like in an eyedropper and just dipped on her and boom. It's it's really amazing. Uh, last thing we got to talk about news-wise was, this is one of those ones where we're, we're all, we are speculating a little bit based on what we've got here. But I need you to explain Blizzard... this one to me. Just explain this yeah. one to me because I'm like, huh? Go ahead. Yeah. Blizzard did a job posting looking for someone to work on their classic games on the development side. Basically someone to come in and do coding and so forth. And they listed the, the games they're talking about, including stuff like StarCraft, the original StarCraft, um, you know, Warcraft 3, and Diablo 3. And the reason that that's interesting is because as of right now, Diablo 3 is a going concern. It is their the most recent game in the franchise. It's a game they just made another season for. Whereas StarCraft... They've been doing and, continuing seasons for it all along. Yeah. And StarCraft and WarCraft 3 both are either got or are getting a remaster, but they're not going concerns. Like, StarCraft Starcraft got its remaster, and it got a cool skin pack if you if you like the Carbot stuff, but it's not getting development. It's not... I mean, the, the, when you work on that game, you're working on ways to make it run on new systems. You're not working on it as a develop. You're not developing it. So why is Diablo 3 being put into that category? And obviously, it could just be getting put into that category because it is a seven-year-old game. Um, and that's the facts. I mean, it was it was coded to work on systems that existed seven years ago. And technology moves forward. And eventually, you have to 
update the game so that it runs on current machines. That's just a fact. And then you have people like Pidia, who in the chat channel just posted a couple of tinfoil hat emojis and said, D4 confirmed. Yeah, and that's the thing. That is <laughs> actually not entirely crazy to think about. Because when you start moving a game into the classic games category, you are getting people thinking, well, okay, are you not going to develop it anymore? Like, is, is that, and that's, if they are doing that, I don't think they're going to move Diablo 3 away from Seasons for a while. No. Because even, even if, and it's a big if, guys, I know the rumors out there, it was published in Kotaku, it's, it's relatively solid feeling, but nevertheless, until we have an announcement of Diablo 4, Diablo 3 is the going game. And even if they go right up on BlizzCon and they go, Diablo 4 coming next year, until next year, Diablo 3 is the Diablo game you have. And then so, we also have Diablo Immortal floating around we, somewhere yeah. in the nebulous somewhere. What's going on with that? We don't mm -hmm. know. Could could we get, you know, we, for all I know, they could go up on stage at this year's BlizzCon and say, Diablo Immortal, uh, you know, open beta starting tomorrow. They could do that. I don't know. Or they could um, say Diablo Immortal, by the way, we heard you guys last year and we are releasing it for PC as well as mobile devices. They could. I, I'd be much more... Do you I'd think be maybe that's why there's the delay? Do you think? Oh, no, man, I, I just thought about that. Like, what if, <laughs> what if the whole reason that there's a delay is because they got the game, but it's the mobile version of the game, right? And they've been spending all of this time making a PC version of this title for the people who want to play it on PC. I'll tell you right now, okay, I would be I, much Forget much that less I surprised. said that, folks, and don't let yourself get hyped out to wherever, but I'm now I'm kind of on board with that theory. Okay, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. My 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 thought is this it would be much less surprising if they did a switch port. Because the switch is a mobile device similar Ooh, to that's a good uh, idea phone. too. They've been doing they've been doing a ton of switch ports lately. Like uh, they just put get Overwatch Diablo, on the switch. You can get Diablo yeah. three on the switch. So Yeah. They've they put overwatch on the switch they obviously like developing for the switch and the putting overwatch on the switch means you've you've solved a lot of the problems that would be a problem for immortal on the switch because immortal is an mmo arpg it's a massively multiplayer online action role-playing game and when that's what you have you need an always-on connection but you need an always-on connection for overwatch so if you've solved overwatch for the switch to your satisfaction then you have a means to run an MMO, especially one that's only a five-player group. Remember that the, 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 the Diablo Immortal, when we saw it at BlizzCon last year, the groups were like five-player. They weren't 40-man raids or, or 10 to 25-man raids. They were, they were five-player groups. So that's pretty... If you can do an Overwatch group, which I think... Isn't Overwatch like four, four or five people to a team? I, I've mentioned many times I can't play Overwatch without getting motion sick. Um, so what? how many people is it in an Overwatch match? I want to say six, but I could be wrong. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute since I played Overwatch, folks. Sorry. <laughs> but if you have, like, if you can run the size groups and you can do it in, an, in an, like, an Overwatch setting, then you can do Diablo Immortal on the Switch. That's not a problem. Yeah. Anymore. And, and I would not be surprised. I'm not saying that they've done so. I have no idea. For all I know, they're real serious about keeping this thing mobile only. Um, Grand Nagus confirmed that, by the way. It is six. I was correct. So, okay. Thank you. If you do that, you can do that with Mortal then. And it could certainly see it working on the Switch. I, it seems like certain developers, and Blizzard seems to be one, id and, and Bethesda also seem to be really interested in the, in the Switch. 
as a console and moving forward, because I think the switch is doing something that a lot of companies want to do. It's bridging the gap between mobile and console play. I mean, it yeah. kind of gives you both and people like that. Does that mean that Immortal won't go to the PC? I have no idea. Um, I certainly think that if they did put Immortal on the PC, it could be astonishingly popular. Like flat out, it could be huge because it does tick two things people have wanted forever. It gives you the massively multiplayer online experience people have wanted for Diablo going back to before Diablo 3 existed. Because when World of Warcraft originally came out, one of the games people were like, why didn't they do this? Because World of Warcraft, when it first comes out, if you're playing Classic right now, it looks a lot like Diablo 2. <laughs> the talent system they put in is very Diablo 2 influenced. And it's not surprising. The gear quality in Classic WoW in particular, the, the greens and blues and so forth, feels very Diablo. Um, so it's not surprising that that they'd want that. They'd want a multi, massively multiplayer online Diablo game. Diablo 2, I mean, for people that weren't around for Diablo 2 and it's heyday, and there are plenty of people out there because how old is Diablo 2 now? Uh, 19. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Hi, people that can vote and know and have never played Diablo 2. This is a little weird, but when Diablo 2 was in its heyday, it was the thing to play. It was the LAN party game of choice. It was, I mean, I remember moving in with like my roommates and stuff. And yes, this date, dates me a little bit. But the thing is, is like Diablo 2 had already been out for like forever. It was just one of those things that in the house that I was in with the amount of roommates that I had, we hooked all of our computers to like I said, so that we could play Diablo 2 together. That was like our roommate thing to do on like Tuesday Diablo nights. Two, Diablo 2 made Battle.net. Yes. Absolutely. did actually exist before it, but Diablo 2 made it. Diablo 2 is the reason it became as big and powerful as it did. It's the reason that you currently have, you know, your Battle.net account and you've got all that stuff. It goes back to Diablo 2. Um, so could could Diablo Immortal work as a MMO? Absolutely. Um, but this job listing, it isn't that big a deal by itself. No. And that needs to be said. Um, because I wrote the original article and I didn't say that at the time. And it's all so. really speculative stuff. Mm -hmm. But that's going to happen because BlizzCon's not for another month and a half and we desperately want news. We're just kind of pulling stuff out of thin air and kind of looking at it and going, huh. And a job posting like that and listing Diablo 3 under classic games, that's one of those situations that kind of warrants a, huh, because it's weird. Yeah. It's especially weird especially since they're still, I mean, okay, they aren't, they aren't developing, developing the game as in they aren't coming out with any new storylines or expansions or things like that, right? They aren't doing that. But they keep releasing new seasons and people are eating those seasons up. People really love playing Diablo 3. It's not like nobody's playing it. People are still playing it all over the place. They wouldn't be keep throwing new seasons out there if people weren't really enthused about it. Every time we release anything Diablo-related on the site, people eat it up because they're really interested. The interest is still there for Diablo 3. People are still playing Diablo 3. And I highly recommend, if you haven't played Diablo 3 since like it first came out, go play it because it's a completely different game right now, and it's so much fun. Yeah, and to be fair, even even Blizzard admits the last few theme seasons yeah. haven't even increased interest every time. Like every every new season, people have come back to play it. So. They've just been doing like new twists on things with each of these seasons, and sometimes sometimes it works really well. Sometimes it doesn't work so well, but at the same time, it doesn't matter because the game's still fun. 
Yeah, the current season is actually pretty engaging. Uh, okay. But I think at this point, we should probably move on and do some emails. Or actually, we'll um, another one of shows. I have one other thing that I want to bring up because M. Black Owl okay. pointed, or not M. Black Owl, who was it? No, it was M. Black Owl that pointed this out in the chat channel, and it is worth noting, particularly since uh, this this comes out, uh, this podcast comes out on RSS on Monday. Um, you can right now, for people who are playing Destiny 2 via Battle.net, it's leaving as of October 1st. Uh, you can transfer all of your stuff to Steam. You need to do that ahead of the move on October 1st or you're going to lose everything. So what you want to do is you want to go to Bungie's official Destiny 2 Steam page and click Get Started. And it'll lead you through that process and get everything transferred over. But if you're playing destiny 2 currently through battle.net that's going to stop on october 1st it's going away on october 1st you want to make sure that you transfer all of that stuff by october 1st um if you're listening to this on monday uh it's the 30th of september and this is happening tomorrow so get on it and make it happen i don't know how many people we have that listen to the podcast and also play destiny 2 but i'm sure there is some cross out there and, and people that play um so yeah if even one of you does this it's, it's still better than we yeah have. make sure that you get all of that taken care of because i know destiny is one of those games that a lot of people have been playing a lot and it's very very popular you don't want to lose all your stuff you really don't so make sure that you get that taken care of. Like I said, go to Bungie's official Destiny 2, the Steam page, click Get Started. It'll take you through and get you where you need to be. Okay, right. now now go ahead, go with the email. Sorry, I just wanted to mention that because, yeah, that's important. <laughs> All right. If you guys um, you want to send an email here to the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzardwatch so we know it's for the show. Um, sometimes we get ones that say for either podcast and when we do, I grab them and put them on this show. So, uh, if you also want to use our Patreon, not our Patreon, sorry, our, our disc, our discord server, we have a channel for Q and podcast questions and you can tell us in the question if, which show you want it for, and we'll put it here. As label well. it Q for the Q if you want it in the Q or label it with whichever podcast, if you want it for the podcast, we're good yep. either way. Uh, but right now, Anne's going to read them for us. So if you don't mind, Anne. Uh, yeah, first question. <laughs> it's so ironic because this is exactly what you were doing during the pre-show. We we were talking about this and dealing with this during the pre-show. Uh, this is from Tetsemi who says, question, Blizzard Watch podcast. Since all transmogable loot from Ordos is going to start showing up on the black market auction house in 8.2.5, will Rossi start a gold-making empire to try and acquire his shoulders that way? No. No? Don't find i don't have the aptitude or the interest in farming gold i was so bad at making gold that when we were in warlords of draenor and you could make gold super super easy and people accumulated millions of gold i didn't because just the very idea of doing even the minimal amount of work you had to do to get gold was like i don't want to do that i'm gonna go get some transmog gear so yeah i We'll just sit here and I will tap dance on Ordos's burning corpse until he coughs up those shoulders, even if it takes me 10 years, because I'm never going to have the three to five million gold it's going to take to buy those shoulders off the auction house. Um, I just, I don't. Pidia says, follow up question. What character and server should we send our gold to? <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> no, don't worry about it, guys. I, I, I actually, I have a follow up question for you because I know I have a very specific answer to it but I don't know about you um if given the choice between farming a boss eternally for a potential drop at something or 
dropping an obscene amount of gold on that item. Which do you prefer and why? Uh, like I said, I don't, I'm not, my mindset is not such that I do f- make obscene amounts of gold. If you just... had obscene amounts of gold, just, just assume that you have like a Here's money pit that... somewhere that you could dive into Scrooge McDuck style. Would you See... take some of that fortune and spend it on the thing? Or would you just go kill the boss? But that's the, the whole point of my answer is that I prefer to go farm the bosses. Like, okay. you know what I'm saying? Like I, if I, if I liked getting the gold and I wouldn't have a problem spending it, but it's exactly because I don't like getting the gold. The only time I've ever sat down and farmed up a lot of money was when I got the transmog mount. Okay. And that was before it was a transmog mount because it was a reforge mount. It was super and useful. It was super useful. And like, I knew nobody else in my guild could get it. Cause I was in a small guild at the time. Cause it was before I joined the guild you and I were in. Um, no, no, that's not true. Cause we were together in cataclysm. Yeah. We were together no, but... in cataclysm. No, you got it. Yeah. You got yeah, it. I, got... I, I got think it you we and there. like two other people got it. And one of them was yeah. the dude who played the auction house obsessively. And he just had yeah. the money for it. And I, I got it because I just had to have the, the reforge mount. And I remember when they announced they were taking reforging out, I was super mad and then they were like, but we're going to make it a transmog mount. And I think I did one of those things where up in like up in a tree somewhere halfway across the, the, the province, some birds were like, what? What is that sound? That is the sound of ultimate joy. I made that joy once. And now the Rossi makes that joy noise. And it cuts to me going. The, pupil, the pupils of your eyes momentarily actually turned physically to hearts. Yes. When and, that and, happened. I was I, I think I actually like tweeted at Ghostcrawler a kiss. I think yes. I straight up did because he hadn't left yet. So yes. I was like, Mwah! because that was like, <laughs> even such, though he probably didn't a... have anything to do with it. It didn't no, matter. No, you you kiss Greg. Matter. You just kiss Greg. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm willing to spend money on things when I have it. But I generally prefer the option to go get it this way, even if it frustrates me. And even if I never get it, like. Because cause buying it, if I went just went and bought Ashkandi, it wouldn't have been as good. But the fact that I went and killed, you know, Nefarian over and over again until he finally coughed it up. And then I gave his corpse a few kicks, you know, like, ah, and then I killed him a few dozen more times and got a few more. Um, that made it better for me. Um, generally speaking, I prefer that. For me, I don't know. There's just something relaxing about farming. Yes, it's frustrating. It, I will admittedly say it is frustrating when that thing that you want to drop doesn't drop. But when it finally does, that payoff moment feels really, really good. And I don't think that I would get that same payoff moment if I just dropped a pile of gold on something. The, the dropping a pile of gold thing is, is good for when you are past the point where it'll feel good to get it. Yeah, And it'll I guess. just feel like a relief. Like I there's guess. Some, there's, some things, there's some things in the game I can admit. It's, it took long enough that if I could have just bought them, I would have, and it would have still felt good because I could have stopped. I mean, you're talking to someone who farmed uh, first boss in Karazhan for the vampire pony mount. Adamant? Yeah. I farmed Adamant for... How long has it been since Burning Crusade came out? <laughs> because it was... No, it was when Wrath came out. When Wrath came out and I hit max level in Wrath, I went back to Karazhan and I started farming that guy. And I had been farming that guy and farming that guy. And I think I finally, finally, finally got that mount somewhere in Warlords, if I remember right, is when it finally dropped, I think. Um, I was farming that guy forever. 
And quite frankly, it was the same thing with like the the ZG mounts. If you took the tiger that shows up on the black market auction house every now and again and you put it back in ZG, I would be in ZG every week or every three days or whenever the reset is killing that boss. Cause I just, I, I, I don't know. I have, don't get me wrong. And you know, full disclosure here, I do have a lot of gold. I don't have like capped out gold or anything, but I do have like a couple million gold. I just don't spend it on anything. I, I spend it on repairs and I spend it on transmog. I spend a lot of it on transmog. I don't even want to think about how much gold I have spent on transmog since it came out. And I'm sure that your number is just as high, if not higher than mine. That's that's another reason why I don't make a ton of gold. Because yeah. You, you constantly, oh, by the way, guys, it's constantly, you, mm, no, I don't think that, that that one looks quite right. Let me swap out that shirt with a different thing, you know. Yeah. Just just for people who can't watch the stream, we're up to five vengeance kills on Ordos while Ann was talking. Yeah. So <laughs> I've been murdering Ordos all stream. And he's not uh, even dropping loot at this point. You're just killing him because it's fun to kill him. You're going to die again. Also because I like watching this transmog in action. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that we've answered that, though. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and move on here to the next one. This is from Daddy, who's a Torrent Warrior, Lightbringer US, who says, I suppose I have to ask a question. Rossi recently talked about an expansion without leveling um, last cast. This must have been several podcasts ago. Anyway, I'm sure this isn't an original thought, but what do you guys think about the possibility of doing that based on rep grinding? Combine the current system as it is with patch 5.1's important story quests given at key reputation amounts, like say every 3,000 rep from zero neutral to fully exalted, with discovered side or world quests acting as fillers to get the PC to the next 3,000 multiple for the next story beat, and maybe the zone dungeon and quest for it given it exalted or close to your thoughts daddy okay I on the one hand that's pretty much just turning experience into something else yes uh and i don't have a problem with it necessarily um i just think we will have to understand some things if we went to a to an expansion where you don't actually gain levels you're still going to need to get gear um because without any gear changes the game feels really strange uh, so you're going to still need to get gear. And especially what you're ending up doing is the problem with endgame in one expansion, you're turning into an entire expansion of that, where gear just gets more and more powerful. Yeah. And, and, and the that's... character doesn't get any more powerful along with it. It's just the gear yeah. the character is wearing. The, so the gear becomes your power. And you can, there's ways to make that work. The, uh, the Azerite stuff and the necklace could have been that this expansion it could have definitely been a something where you gained power through the necklace as you leveled it worked pretty well for legion the the artifact weapon gave you more more and more power as you leveled up so the you, only you thing that that was a bummer about that kind of situation though and i have to point this out is that when that expansion is over and that thing that augments your existing power goes away you're right back to square one and how does that feel yeah, that's that is true, and that's also something you need to consider with any such system if you put it into a a new leveling a new expansion where you don't level up. And that's these are things to consider, and they'd have to be dealt with. Uh, I do think it's feasible, and I I have thought from the beginning that you could do WoW expansions where you didn't actually get levels, and if you did it right, you could do them faster because you wouldn't actually necessarily need leveling content for your expansion. Like it would literally just be. 
if you look at like the way a lot of other games do DLC, you get the DLC when you're max level in the game and it doesn't yeah. add a level cap. It just gives you more stuff. Um, one example I'll use from the game I was, I was playing until recently, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, when it had its DLC, didn't add new levels. It just added new places to go and new stuff to do. And that's fine. You could do that, but you do have to be aware WoW is not like that kind of game. WoW is an MMO. Or if you and look at Mass Effect or you look at Dragon Age, when they add DLC content for that game, it isn't really so much about gaining levels as it is furthering the narrative story. Yes, and that's certainly something WoW could do. But since WoW is a story where your character never stops, like it, it continues, we're, we're, we're on 15 years of it now. And I've, like I said today during this, the, the, the pre-show, one of my characters dates back to the very opening of WoW. And I keep playing mm -hmm. him. I keep leveling him every expansion because he's my first character. And he's 15 years old. You know, I mean, he, November of this year, he'll be 15. Um, and there's... Because you know that after that expansion, you're going to have to level again sooner or later, unless every expansion just keeps you at, like, you know, max level now and you never level again. How does it... And, I'm just going to interject here real quick, because I, sure. I have to ask this. How does it feel knowing that a character that you rolled at launch and started playing at launch, if they were a real person, they are the age where they could get a driver's permit and start driving a car. Yeah. If, if they, yeah, there's, there is something to be said for it. <laughs> I, I started him. It's a little it's weird, weird I, to think about. <laughs> because he's a human. When I started him, he had red hair and like a red beard. And now he's all gray because I've aged him 15 years in my head. So he's actually, he's going through all the years with me and he's old like I am. We both got old. So that's, wow, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's deep. <laughs> yeah. That's, so there's something to be said for that. And I do think, I think you have to think about like, you know, it's certainly doable, but is it too much of a departure from the game experience for people? Do people want that leveling experience? I mean, because to a certain degree, what he describes here is just the leveling experience turned into a reputation grind. Because that's how leveling works. You do stuff until you get to the end. And, you get and enough experience and get to the end of it. I should also interject here and say that for me and my peculiar quirks, which we have al already discussed and touched on a little bit earlier, um, giving me an expansion where all I do is grind those bars and make them the right color. I'm down for that. I'm totally down for that because that's just what I enjoy doing. I am one of a very select group of people that really enjoys that kind of thing. Most people would look at that and just know. Um, I, and I know you talk about 5.1. Yes, I loved 5.1 and I loved how they introduced the story in 5.1. But I also look at Endgame and Miss of Pandaria when it first came out and the fact that we had all of these different factions and each of these factions had their own different like daily system for grinding rep and how people reacted to that. And they were not happy about it. So, uh, you know, I'm going to throw that out there. Go ahead, yeah, Rossi. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I think we've pretty much... I think we've pretty much answered it. It's doable, but there are concerns. Um, you definitely would need to make it... You need to make it feel good for people for whom leveling is is more fun than rep grinding. And one of the reasons that for some people leveling is more fun than rep grinding is we don't all level at the same speed. No. Some people can burn through levels. Other people, not so much. Uh, if you make a reputation-based system, 
if you can only gather so much reputation at any given time, which is how almost all reputation systems work, you are throttling how fast people can quote unquote level. And I know Mitch, one of the things that Mitch really enjoys with every expansion is zooming his character through stuff as quickly as possible. He likes leveling really fast. And there's lots of people who feel that way. Imagine if you started, say, this expansion. You started Battle for Azeroth, your new level 110 character, and you were throttled on how fast you could level through a zone. You just couldn't. No matter, you can't stay up as late as you want, take as many energy drinks as you want, skip it's as much quest text as you want. It's still going to take 45 days for you to hit max level, quote unquote, which is just, you know, exalted. That's how long it will take because there's only so much experience, there's only so much reputation you can actually get in a day. If it still works that way, the way reputation has worked for years, then there are people who would be dissatisfied. If it doesn't work that way, you have literally just started calling experience reputation. You've literally just made leveling into a rep grind, and it is basically the same mechanic. It's just hiding the level behind some a different a different gloss. So and that's to be honest, something... like reputation is kind of tied to leveling right now, anyway. Yeah, and if if you're gonna do that, you might as well just level. Yeah. Um. I but... I, I think. And, and I appreciate the direction that this questioning kind of went because it, it, it is a good question and it's a good thing to bring up. And it's certainly not something that it's certainly worth considering. I absolutely think it is. Well, here's the thing is, you know, this game is, as we've pointed out several times over, it is old. It is like 15 years old, almost 15. It'll be 15 in November. Um, Happy birthday. But it's also... <sighs> A game like that has a finite amount of replayability and Blizzard has done a pretty good job of switching things up with every expansion so there's something new and interesting to do. But eventually it's going to get super, super old. So I think that people, you know, they bring up stuff like this and they suggest stuff like this because they are looking at, well, okay, how do we shake things up and make the game really fresh for like today and not for when it came out in what 2004 yep. was it two, 2004 um mm-hmm. and i get that i totally get that but it's the same thing as when you talk about um potentially removing the faction divide the these are the kind of foundations that the game was built on back in 2004 if you change them too much the players that have been playing all this time are it, it's going to ruffle some feathers because they have like certain expectations with the game and how the game works. And if you change that too much, there are people that are going to take off that just aren't, aren't, aren't going to put up with it. So you have to keep that into consideration too, when you look at stuff like that. And that that's why I talk about, you know, I enjoy grinding rep. That's like my jam. I love doing it. I love making all of those bars the same color, but I am one of a very small group of people that really enjoys doing that and thinks that that's super fun. The other people don't necessarily feel that way. And if you made that tie to it, would I be delighted? Yeah, sure. I'd totally play that game. Would anybody else? That's the question. So you want to make these changes to keep the game fresh, but you also want to hang on to the people that have been engaging with this game and playing this game and enjoying this game for 15 years. How many changes can you make legit without stepping on toes and still keep the game fresh? And I think that's kind of what the design team, that's the continual puzzle that they have to work with. I think it's a fascinating puzzle. 
Um, and I kind of wonder, I, I would, I would love to sit in on one of those meetings and just like listen to what's going on and listen to the discussions that are being had about it, because I'm sure it's absolutely fascinating, but I don't know. There's a ship of theseus to it. Yeah. How, how much can you take and change? Explain the, the ship of theseus thing to people who don't get that. <laughs> I do, but... Really briefly. Yeah. Yeah, really briefly. The ship of Theseus is basically based on the concept that as you have a ship, as you are, you know, a seagoing vessel, you make repairs, and those repairs include replacing damaged pieces of the ship. Uh, if you do this long enough, you've replaced every piece of the ship. At what point is it not the original ship anymore? Because you'll eventually reach a point where there's not a single piece of wood or a piece of furnishing or anything that was on that ship when it was first made. That ship has been completely replaced. And yet, it's it happened over a course of time. They didn't just show up one day and just change everything. Pieces have been changed in and out throughout its life. Is it still the same ship? Or is it a different ship? That's debate, that debate's been happening forever. It happens about ships. It happens about, you know, video games. It happens about anything. Anything where Restoring cost- vintage items... Yeah, that kind painting, of thing. Yeah, any, any anything where Classic you are, cars. you're engaged in making changes. You eventually come to a point where someone can look up and say to you, "Okay, World of Warcraft doesn't have the same talent system anymore. World of Warcraft doesn't have all the same cities anymore. World of Warcraft doesn't have the same combat animations anymore. World of, World of Warcraft, Warcraft doesn't have the same barons anymore. No, yeah, and exactly. Um, and when you do that process, that process of changing and growing over time, it, it it's not immediately apparent to you how much it's changed until, say, you put out an exact reproduction of the way the game was in 2006. Uh, then it's really obvious. Boy, I and, tell you what, really, is it ever? And people are really loving Classic for a reason, yeah. you know? But at the same time... That's the original ship! Oh my but, gosh, let's go look at the original ship. This is crazy. It's like at back. The same time, though, <laughs> at the same time, they, they did a thing today where they posted updates to the this is not a bug list. Yes. And that is like the most popular list on the forums. A lot of people are going back to, to WoW Classic and then being surprised that all the stuff that's been added since isn't there. And, the, the, you know, wait, what about this? How come I can't do this? Well, that wasn't added until this. And they're not bugs. It's just the way the game was. The game was different. And that's the thing about any change you want to make. If you wanted to make a change where the entire expansion doesn't have leveling, every expansion previously has had leveling. Even if it only had five levels of it, every single expansion has had leveling. That's why we're level 120 right now. To suddenly take that away would be weird for people. Not everybody, but some people. Just like if they... They've never done this thing that I'm about to say. Imagine if they did it. They've never taken a class out. Ooh, boy. Imagine if they removed a class. Let's they just take demon hunters and warlocks and put them together and make a new class out of them. Yeah, Mm-mm. and some some players would probably be thrilled to finally have their tanking warlock. But warlocks that have been be playing warlocks mad. since 2004? Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah. Imagine if they'd had, like, they they were originally going to make it so when you played a Death Knight, you had to sacrifice a character, and that character would be reborn as a Death Knight. So if you had the Paladin or Warrior, you'd, you'd die, and you'd come back as a Death Knight. And you know why they didn't do it? Because people don't want that. They don't want to lose their previous character. They don't want to lose the character they had to get the new de- Death Knight character. And so they didn't do it. There's lots of stuff where 
it sounds like a cool when they idea. came out with new models they deliberately put in a thing so you could flip a switch and make it look like the old models because people were super attached to these characters that they had been looking at since day one mm-hmm. yep even though the new models were arguably better they had expressions they had like beautiful facial features they didn't look really weird polygon or whatever it didn't matter there were still people who liked the old models and wanted to keep them it's sort of like um it's the model really worked with their character either it's like oh i've looked like this forever this doesn't look right i kind of i keep going back to the whole idea of restoration and and treating it as something kind of akin to restoration because there's this thing in restoring pieces, like particularly with old weapons and things like that. If you clean an old weapon and make it really shiny and make it look really new again, does it look pretty? Yes. Is it worth as much as it was if you had left the grime there? No, you just ruined the value of that piece. Depending, I mean. uh, Yeah, depending, but there's like plenty of shows out there all the way you know from like antique well like yeah yeah, antiques roadshow or so forth yeah going all the way back to antiques roadshow it's it's and it's the same thing with like cars the more the more original pieces you have on a car or a motorcycle or whatever the higher the value of that thing is in a person's in whoever's appraising it or whoever's purchasing it the more value it has in their eyes and changing things in a video game kind of the same way it's it's one of those things where it's like you know do you want to improve things and make things work a little better yes will that make people happy yeah to a degree but there is there's there's a threshold there where people all of a sudden look at the game that they've got and they go wow all of these pieces have been replaced and yeah sure it's like easy to play or whatever but man i missed that original model of car yeah, and while I would continue talking about this forever, we're oh, yeah. now 14 minutes over. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's a fascinating conversation. So, yes, um, thank you, Daddy, for like getting us on this topic of conversation here. But, yeah, we should probably uh, wrap it up because I do have things to do and stuff to do today. And, yeah, anyway. Blizzard Watch. It's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on a podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. And again, guys, if you have a question for the show, you can use our Discord channel. Uh, we have a Q and podcast questions channel. You can just go and put that in there and tell us it's for the podcast. Or you can send us an email to uh, podcast at blizzardwatch.com, the subject line podcast or Blizzard Watch, so we know it's for this show. Thank you guys very much for being here with us, and we'll be here next week. 